alive. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. morning and thank you for having us come into your home into your office into your car wherever you are this morning throughout our listening area on real presence radio this is real presence live and i'm roxanne solon and your host this morning flying solo is aaron is a little further from me than he usually is in the in the control room so we're going to do our best here and uh we have a, a guest katie mccarthy from uh, an organization called protect our kids and we're going to be talking to her a little bit here in a moment about how we can respond to the kind of, I would say, crisis in public's, public education right now and, and what parents and others can, can do about that. But let's start really quick here with a, kind of asking God to be part of all this and just say a glory be in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, welcome, Katie. How are you doing this morning? Thank you. I'm well, Roxanne. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so why don't you start just by introducing yourself and, and what you do to our listeners so we can kind of get, get an idea of what you're up to. Sure. Well, personally, I have homeschooled my children, all four, K through 12. My youngest just finished this past spring. And so you might wonder, why do I care so much about what's going on in public schools? Well, I've had friends who had their kids in private schools and public schools, and they were becoming aware of some of the things that were coming into the classroom. And they started talking to me about it, and some of them were in grassroots activism. And they asked me if I could host a kind of an information night with the homeschooled moms, so, which I did. I had a bunch of homeschooled moms over my house, and they put on a presentation which showed us a lot of the curriculum that was starting to come into the California public schools at the time because of the passage of the California Healthy Youth Act um, in 2015. Uh, this mandated comprehensive sexuality education be taught starting in 2016 for middle and high school. It was discretionary for elementary school, but it started to be taught in elementary school in 2018 and 19. Anyway, um, I was completely shocked. I, it was difficult for me to even believe that this was going on, as were the other homeschool moms. And I continued to stay involved from that point on. And people would ask, well, why do you care? Your kids are homeschooled. And I said, you know, my, my children have to grow up and marry somebody. And if this is what, you know, 90% of the youth is exposed to today, we are going to have a serious crisis on our hands down the road. So anyway, mm -hmm. Protect Our Kids was started in 2019, to raise awareness um, to about the public school education issues. And so we had conferences all over the state of California um, to show parents and grandparents and concerned citizens what was being taught in public schools. Uh, unfortunately, 2020, actually, unfortunately and fortunately, in 2020, the pandemic shut us down. But it also caused a lot of parents to see for themselves what was going on in the classroom because of the um, remote learning. And Absolutely, yeah. So, mm -hmm. 
Right. And while we were shut down, we spent an awful lot of time doing research and creating podcasts and videos and brochures and all kinds of multimedia informational uh, materials to share with parents and grandparents and concerned citizens. So that's that's mm. uh, the story of Protect Our Kids. You know, the point you brought up about uh, that your kids are going to confront other kids, right, in the world. And, and I think right. we like to kind of think we're going to be protecting them, you know, uh, as parents of younger children. And if we can kind of keep them in that bubble, it, it, trust me, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I, you know, wanted to do as well to shelter my kids. But ultimately, they, they were sent out into the world. They couldn't live in that bubble forever. And so in that right. way, we, we all need to be invested. And there are, you know, this is a Catholic audience mainly, but... Um, not everyone can still, there, there's just different situations with people. I have some Catholic friends that are, are battling this out right now. So um, with the public school, they, they just don't have that option right now for, for various reasons. Um, there might be a special needs child that, 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 that only the public school can really address the needs or, or something like that. So not everyone can do parochial. Um, maybe, and not everyone can even do homeschooling. So Either way, we're going to have to, you know, try to figure out a way. So what are some of the issues that started coming forward? I know that there was a kind of a breakthrough and an illumination, really, um, of what was going on in, in the public school system. Tell us a little bit what you were seeing. Well, actually, it all started with a comprehensive sexuality education, which the driving force behind that was the 2015 Supreme Court decision in Abergevel versus Hodges, and that declared that marriage between same-sex individuals must be recognized in all 50 states and across state lines. And this became the rationale for lots of uh, institutions to start treating everything that pertained to marriage differently, including public schools. If Johnny has two moms, it would be unfair to Johnny if we only talked about the nuclear family with a mom and a dad. And so they had to... they. They used that as a rationale to give equal time to the many different kinds of families. And it also paved the way for something called SOGI, which is Sexual Orientation Gender Identity Instruction. And that tells a child that their sex at birth is not necessarily the same thing as their gender identity. So the gender identity is a social construct in their head where the sex of birth is the doctor looked at your body and made a guess about your gender. And so this started a lot of confusion very, very early on, and particularly California and I believe Massachusetts were the, the pioneers on either coast in, in these lessons, and it has spread like wildfire over the past five years throughout the country. But, um, you know, now we're telling kids, if, you know, puberty is a really difficult time of life when you're going to have a lot of anxiety and stress and your body is going to change and you're going to gain weight and your skin is going to break out and all these things are going to happen to you. But, hey, if you're not a girl, maybe you can get on puberty blockers and prevent puberty from happening. And this is a very mm. dangerous thing to tell young people. Not only that, but putting that on teachers and the educational system, too. I know some are falling for it, but I, I also imagine there's some teachers that are horrified that that they're in a position where they have to go against their conscience or go against reality or go against what they've always known. Um, so, you know, th there's just a lot of issues there. 
and not to mention absolutely yeah so so really it's almost like the political sphere has entered which it already was a part of public education but in a new way right yeah and teachers don't have uh, well first of all let me just say that the majority of teachers get into the industry because they love kids and they want to teach them not because they want to turn children into radical activists or or confuse them about their gender so Having said that, a lot of them are put in untenable situations where they have to sort of go along to get along, and it's, it's, it's difficult to go to work every day. The one thing that a lot of teachers don't know is that the, the teachers' unions are a driving force behind a lot of this agenda, and their dues empower the teachers', teachers unions to pass laws um, that are very friendly towards these LGBTQ uh, indoctrination education programs in public schools, and they don't need to pay these teachers' unions dues. And if you go to our website, www.protectourkidsnow.org, you will see that there's a toolkit there for teachers that will t- explain exactly how to get out of the teachers' unions. And um, you can also find more affordable uh, liability insurance programs that will replace whatever comfort you thought you were getting out of your membership in the teachers union but a lot of teachers have left the teachers unions and if more teachers pull out that will take some of the teeth out of the um the fight from the other side of this agenda really practical tools there um so tell us a little bit about protect our kids because that's the organization you're representing what what do they what do they do exactly besides is that is that the main thing is to give these tools what are some of the other support that they offer well we we enlighten people we provide them with the tools and equip them to fight for their children and then we also uh provide alternative resources for what you can do to get your kids out of public school and we have lots of instructional programs on our website but if you go to our website there are um we can explain the opt-out laws if you can't pull your kids out of public school you can get involved in school board meetings and we explain exactly how to engage there you can look up books in your school library to find out what your kids are being exposed to it's just a it's a plethora of information it's really a gold mine for parents to find out what's going on can you just share a little bit and speak to the hearts of parents out there right now that are struggling with different issues what if someone came to you and and reached out to you through your organization, what, what would be some of the starting points of how you would sort of lead them through this journey of kind of processing through it of what they should do? Well, I would say if you can get your kids out of public school, you, you really should try and make that an option. And I think a lot of people automatically think, no, impossible, because we need two incomes or we need, you know, we don't have the time, we don't have the money, we don't, it can't be done. But I would argue that you know, I mean, if I had to speak to my younger self uh, about what I know now as far as having homeschooled my four children, it was the greatest blessing of my life. Of all the things that I've ever done, homeschooling my children was one of the most tremendous things I've ever done. It really fostered and created such a relationship between myself and my children. Um, we have real open communications now with them as young adults. We, you know, we didn't grow apart, and we, all, we talked every day. There were object lessons left and right. And if I had to move to a different state, downsize my home, sell a car, I would do whatever I had to do to be able to spend that time with my children. I mean, your kids are in, they're in school for about 13 years. 
all day, five days a week. And that's a lot of time for outside influences to to control, you know, the, the things that your kids are thinking and what they believe. And one of the greatest responsibilities that God gives you as a parent is people-making. I mean, you're basically, you're shaping the hearts and minds of the next generation of Catholics um, in our country. And it's such an important job, way more important than going to work at the factory to help the boss with their presentations. Um, so if you can figure out a way to get your kids out, that's great. If you cannot, there is power in numbers. And if you can find other people, other parents in your school and get together with them, print out some of the brochures on our website, um, get together at the school board meeting, get there early and share what's going on in your children's classrooms and make public comments at the school board meeting. And if the school board sees that there's a lot of parents fighting back against this stuff, they will they will act. Um, there has been pushback in Escondido, California, a federal judge ruled that teachers cannot be compelled to lie to parents about a child considering, you know, a, a gender transition, a little boy who wants to be a little girl. The, you know, the policy was the teachers can't tell the parents. Well, a judge has intervened, and so far that's looking very positive. Um, a couple of hospitals have stopped these transgender procedures, um, but there's more than just that. There's also the critical race theory and the social and emotional learning. And the social and emotional learning is a way for the public schools to engage in mental health with your child. And that, that could be a very, it's replacement parenting. That could be a very dangerous thing. We certainly believe as Catholics that the, the parents are the primary uh, teachers of our children and I think sometimes we we have gotten that backwards but there's kind of been an awakening now and I think more parents are understanding that priority just as you just articulated that this isn't just like a side job this is the main job this is it this is the future and this is our future and our children and our legacy and so what are we going to do about that it should be the the first thing we think of. So we're going to take a little break here, Katie, but this is fascinating, and I know that people are interested in this topic. So come stay with us, everyone. We're going to be back with Katie McCarthy after this break with more about her the organization she's representing, Protect Our Kids, about how to basically look at the, the crisis right now in public school education and what you can do about it as a parent, as a teacher, as a citizen. We'll be right back after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Pope John XXIII called for a new Pentecost in our day. Just as the first Pentecost was the foundation for the first missionary impetus of the Church, so... 
The new Pentecost is the foundation for the new evangelization, the renewed missionary effort of the body of Christ. In fact, the new evangelization cannot happen without a new Pentecost. But to live a new Pentecost is to play with fire because evangelization is about true salvation. It is not about the easy and cultural acceptable path of enrichment. Our God is a holy and awesome God who requires our holiness and trust. Only through life in the Holy Spirit can we model the kingdom and be true missionaries. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. Umary.edu. That's umary.edu. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Are you a parent, a teacher, a concerned citizen that has been suspicious maybe a little bit about some of the some of the things that your kids are saying, some of the things that they're talking about, about what's going on in school, what their peers are saying, what their teachers are saying? We don't want to like make everyone the bad guy here. That's not the purpose. But there are some untoward things going on right now in public education. And, and a lot of the, that was lifted. The veil was sort of lifted after after 2020 when when kids came home. And, and all of a sudden, we were taking a deeper look into, into the learning environment of public education. We're here this morning with Katie McCarthy. She's here with us. And she is from an organization called Protect Our Kids. You can go to protectourkidsnow.org and kind of get a feel for the organization that she represents. But right before um, the break, or during the break, we were talking a little bit about um, a, a new a, a, gr- a guide that's been created for parenting with seven questions. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about that guide and how it can be used, Katie? Sure, Roxanne. Um, the back-to-school questions that every parent should ask, you can get at our website at www.protectourkidsnow.org. Um, we have seven questions that parents should see just to understand that these are these are things they should be thinking about and um, for example i'll read some of them to you does your child's school teach sex ed and or gender theory uh we touched a little bit about that and the, the sexual orientation gender identity the fact that um gender is a social construct um and that's being taught in preschool uh, and there are many many books that can be read to young children about how your gender is kind of your choice okay uh, does your child's school teach critical race theory or ethnic studies? That's an important topic because what that does is it pits uh, minorities against white people. It frames white students as white supremacists who should atone for their their privilege. And if you're a BIPOC, um, black, indigenous people of color, you can't expect to ever amount to anything, anybody competitive to a white student. So it re- this is really harmful. This turns Martin Luther King Jr.'s judge a person by the content of their ca- character and not the color of their skin on its head. 
Um, the third question is, does your child's school use a teaching method called social-emotional learning? Social and emotional learning, or SEL, is a, is a relatively new, it's not a curriculum, it's a method that is being used in public schools and in some private schools where it, it's, it's a kind of replacement parenting where the government operating through the public school system assumes the role of parent to teach values, ethics, decision-making, and self-management. Um, it's, it goes back to the 1960s and the Yale School of Medicine in Connecticut, uh, James Comer, in an attempt to cope with school children's behavioral and emotional problems, piloted, piloted what was called the Comer School of Development Program. And recently, an organization, an organization called CASEL, C-A-S-E-L, the Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning, uh, which was established in Chicago, has rolled out some version to many school systems throughout the, na the nation. And this, um, this is a very important thing to know about. Um, as a parent, do you have access to your school library and your, your child's curriculum? Does your child's school conduct personally intrusive student surveys that violate student and family privacy? Does your child's school recruit students into extracurricular activity clubs that are ideological or political in nature, in nature? And as a parent, do you have the right to opt your children out of any of these things? These are all important things to know and think about and to ask your school and to talk to other parents about. I would urge everybody listening to this program to print out our back-to-school questions every parent should ask and share copies with your friends. Right, that's another thing, too. Even if you are in a parochial school situation or homeschooling your child, again, you still are connected to other people in these situations. And so we all really need to be invested, just as you have been, Katie, um, even though you weren't anticipating to be, but you, you, you realize <laughs> that, that you... You know, we're a community. We're not. We're not islands. We're not separated out. Um, what What advice do you have for parents struggling to navigate the current landscape of the public school system? I know we kind of talked about that earlier, but I, I'm looking at, like, and, and you know, we don't want to be combative. We don't want to be. Uh, we we want to use grace in in approaching these things. I, I think some school systems are probably on the defense now, as maybe they should be, but um, how do we do it in a way that we actually are heard? I would say don't go it alone. Um, get, you know, get a group of parents together with like-minded values who all want the same kinds of things for their kids and print out the brochures on our website and share them with others and then find out on your, your school uh, district website when your next school board meeting is and if everybody gets there a little bit early and y'all chat about the things that are you know most important to you there there is definitely power in numbers and a school board can see that if somebody gets up there all by themselves and makes a point and eh, you know but if they know that there are people in the chairs behind them who are behind this person who's speaking making public comment it means all the difference in the world because you are taxpayers and you are paying for this party so you should absolutely have some sort of voice over what's going on in your public schools. I'm just thinking even of new parents that whose kids are just going to school for the first time. They might not be as connected. Say if they just have, you know, kindergartners or, or whatever. How do you even reach out to, like, find out if other people are on your team? 
Well, there's a lot of mothers of preschool clubs and all that. I would say, new, you know, I homeschooled for almost 25 years. And I started in kindergarten all the way through 12th grade um, for all four kids. And I met a lot of people along the way who homeschooled. We had a big Catholic homeschool group in Southern California that was very vibrant. And it, I don't think I could have done it without this group. Um, the, the parents who pulled their kids out of public school um, midway and tried to change horses midstream had more of a difficult time because it's, it's hard to take your kids out of that kind of environment, their friends, their routine, and all of a sudden they're sitting home with the family but the, mm. the families that start right off the bat and that's all that they know um they do tremendously well because they see the benefits they see the other kids standing outside waiting for the school bus on the corner at seven o'clock in the morning with their 40 pound backpack on their back and their you know their mittens and their 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 scarves and the, they start to realize that this really is a privilege to be homeschooled that mom and dad are making a great sacrifice so if, if you're already home with little kids, you know, con- consider giving yourself, I did this with my, my daughter because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do this. So when she was four, I homeschooled her using a kindergarten curriculum just as a trial run to see if it would work. It turned out to be one of the greatest experiences of my life. She was reading full chapter books within three months. And my husband was going to the library two and three times a week, and he couldn't keep the books in the house fast enough. It was just an amazing thing. By the time she was old enough to go to kindergarten, she was reading books in second, third, fourth grade level. So the the question answered itself. Now, for me, I was blessed. I had the opportunity um, to stay home. Did we have to make sacrifices? Absolutely. Were we world travelers when our children were young? No. Did we have a boat or an RV? Absolutely not. Um, We were a regular, you know, middle-class family doing our best. But I was home with all four kids, and it, this has paid me back tremendously. At, you know, at the end of your life, you're not going to say, I wish I spent more days at the office. You know, you're going to say, I wish I spent more time with the people who loved me the most and who I love the most. And it's such an important, such an important thing to remember when your children are, early, are young. And it's nice that, that you had the support of your husband, too. I think that's one of the things. And, and I would just recommend, I'm thinking you would say the same for anyone that's kind of listening and their heart's being tugged a little bit. Um, just pray about it. God will help you find a way. I know when I was had a new baby and I told my sister, I wish I could stay home, but I'm not going to be able to. And she said, why, why can't you? And, and just her saying that made me start thinking about ways that maybe that could happen. And over time, it did happen. God provided a way, which really surprised me. So, you know, if, if it's seeming impossible, I, I would just recommend just don't giving up on hope and the fact that God can do things that you might not even expect. Is that, is that, is that something you would tell people as well? Absolutely. And you're right. You know, prayer, it's amazing. God, wants, God gave you this child. God wants you to raise this child. God wants you to love this child and influence this child. And so when you ask God to make it possible, it's, you know, there's nothing that's impossible for God. And if this is something that you really want to pursue, definitely put it at the top of your prayer list and, um, you know, make some sacrifices. And the rewards are just enormous. I mean, I, I can't even, I, I could talk to you all day long about how many things in my life are blessed because my children were homeschooled. And, and that's not to say that's the only way to, 
to, to teach a child, but it's the way I did it, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And, and just for those who are in the public school situation, you're the warriors, too. We need you to make a difference. I think we, we need everyone. We need the homeschoolers. We need the people in Catholic school, parochial school, and we need the people in public school making that difference and shining that light, too, because we are in the world but not of the world, right? And so we need that as well. So just encouragement to all parents. Absolutely. That, too. I My daughter's a teacher. My mom was a teacher for many years, and, and so I'm very invested in this topic as well, as we all should be. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else more about your website where people can navigate how to how to get around there and get help? I would just say go check it out because we have a tremendous amount of resources. We have a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, a website, lots of videos, a podcast, brochures that you can print out, uh, toolkits for parents, toolkits for teachers, toolkits for pastors who want to start a private school. Actually, in Orange County, California, one of the uh, people on our team was very involved in getting a couple of small private schools started, um, and there's a real simple brochure in there that will explain step-by-step what you need to do to start that. And all, basically, all you need is some space. Um, so it, it, it's amazing. The, when I first started homeschooling, there were not a whole lot of resources. When I finished up, it was the same thing as parenting. It's like, wow, look at all these gadgets you kids have these days. I wish they had that when my kids are babies. Same thing with homeschooling. I mean, by the end, I could, I could farm out so many. I don't want to dissect a frog on my kitchen table. That's okay. <laughs> there, are, there are other ways to do this. There are online courses. There are co-ops. There are groups. They exist everywhere. So I would, I would definitely not rule it out. I would rule it all in and take a good hard look at it if this is something you're considering. Well, thank you, Katie, so much for leading us down this path of hope today. Um, if you want to know more about her organization that she represents, go to protectourkidsnow.org. As she said, you don't need to be alone. You shouldn't be alone. And so if you're in a situation where you're concerned, go there and find the help that you need and start making those connections. And thank you so much for being with us today, Katie. We will be right back with more Real Presence Live, and we will be talking about the live drive and how that went this year with Lynn Devitt. So stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Your future, the future of your family, and the causes important to you are too precious to be left to chance. While no one can control the future completely, a little bit of certainty and predictability is good and healthy. Fortunately, Real Presence Radio has some practical methods to share with you to assist in establishing your will and estate plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. Have you ever wondered if your family's past struggles have affected you personally? I'm Father Chris Alar. You and your ancestors are all part of the body of Christ, so you should desire healing for them for the consequence of their past sins. Evidence suggests that these consequences can even be passed down through generations. Well, God does not hold you personally responsible for the sins of your ancestors. He does allow the effect of their deeds to reverberate from one generation to the next. The sins or sanctity of your family members may impact you. So learn how to break free from any sinful bonds in your life. There is hope. 
please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves into our arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network.